Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to his glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness perfect kindness. And a brotherly kindness, charity, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you. You shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, wouldn't it be nice if when we when we got saved, we just didn't have to battle with our sin nature ever again. (laughs) But guess what? That's not what happens. And if our children get saved on a Monday, on a Tuesday, they're fighting and bickering with their brother and sister. It'd be nice for that sin nature and that battle to go away, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Sin is everywhere, and sin is part of the spiritual warfare that Christians still have to go through, even though we've had our sins paid for. There isn't a magic prayer. There isn't a second blessing. There isn't getting filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit and all that stuff in order to... uh, be cured of this trap that we're caught in called sin, this body of flesh that has to deal with sin and, and our sin nature. You can't go to a, a, a weekend Bible conference and get the cure. You can't say a, a special prayer. We're in this body of flesh and we are going to have to battle it. We are. And I want to show you some things. Let's go. Let's go to Ephesians, and I want to just see uh, in chapter number four. Watch, watch, watch this here. Ephesians chapter four, verse number twenty-two. It, it it's it's a work in progress. It says in Ephesians four twenty-two. Look that ye put off. Concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We are constantly battling with putting off that former man. and. Verse number 30, and, and it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. 
Holy Spirit has sealed us. But until that day of redemption, we're going to have to put off. We're going to have to let no corrupt communication come out of our mouth. All of this is a work in progress. Look at uh, Ephesians 5. Look at verse number 11. There's no magic bullet that Paul uh, or, or any magic bullet we get out from the uh, New Testament where we're just going to be cured from this battle of the sin nature. Now, praise God, our sins are paid for. But look what it says in verse 11 of chapter 5. Um, or, or verse number 10, rather. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. There's a proving process. And that's a daily, ongoing, weekly thing. Look at verse number 15. The Bible says, see that ye walk circumspectly. There's no magic bullet in this whole body of flesh dealing with our old nature and, and all that. It's a ongoing daily thing. And we get a principle here. You're going to have to walk cautiously. Circumspectly means with attention. You're going to have to pay close watch. That's a circumspectly walker. You're going to have to pay attention. That's what this life is. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. How many of you want to be foolish? That would be none of you. You would want to be wise. You're going to have to walk with your eyes open so you don't bump into something bad that could hurt you. Look at verse 16. Redeeming the time. Why? Why should you make use of your time, young ones? Because the days are evil. You're not going to be able to get rid of the evil that is in this world. It will always be there. What you have to make a decision on, do you want to be part of that evil or do you want to walk against that evil? And that's the battle that we will all have. The evil will always want you to go its way. Verse number 18, look, uh, look what it says. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Anybody that drinks liquor, nothing good comes out of it. It's better off that you're filled with the spirit. You stay away from that wine, that liquor, that strong drink. It's not going to do you any good. Never does. Verse number 20 giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse number 22, we'll read, look, this says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. See, wives and husbands have a responsibility and that's something that constantly has to be worked on. I'm giving you these verses to let you understand that life isn't we get saved and then everything's just grand. We have this sin nature, this body of flesh that we have to deal with. So we see some principles there. So let's get back to our main text. Look at second Peter. Chapter number one, look at verse number three. 
The Bible says, according as his divine power hath given unto us just some things. Is that what it says? What does it say? Given us all things that pertain unto what? Life and godliness. When you got saved, and if you're not saved, you don't have these tools. But if you are saved, you have these tools. You have everything you, you need for life that pertains to living a life that is godly. Well, that's a, that's a dirty word nowadays, isn't it? Godly. Everybody's okay with everything as long as we don't bring God into the mix. Let's not bring God into our thoughts. Let's not live a godly life. And that's what God wants. So if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, he has given you everything that you need to live a life of godliness. Now, it's up to you to tap into that and want to get a hold of that rather than tune it out. You can tune it out this way. 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 Poof. People find all types of ways to get rid of God. They don't want to listen. They listen to something else. They don't want to see. They see something else. They don't want to turn the back. They disappear like I did like this. Woo. They just get out of there. Now, why any Christian would want to do that, I don't know. I have some ideas. They're just ideas, but everybody's got their own struggles. So everybody's got to figure this out on their own. But you do have all of the tools that you need at salvation the moment you trusted Christ. Now, look at verse number five. The Bible says, and besides this, well, let's, let's read. Let's pick up where we left off in three. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What is this world? Corrupt. What is it full of? Lust. What does it want you to be? Corrupted. Verse 5. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. How are we saved? By grace through faith. You know what God asks us to do now? Hey, add some things to that. <laughs> You're saved by grace, by God's grace, through faith in him. And now he says, let's add to that. Add to your faith virtue. Virtue is moral strength. Virtue is moral bravery. It's a love for God. That compels you to obey. How many of you want to be virtuous? You want to have some virtue. That's voluntary obedience. That means 
I'm not doing it. I'm not just doing it because the hammer's on me and I've got to do it or else. I'm not just doing it because I'm going to get punished, but I have virtue. I voluntarily want to obey what God says. I've got moral strength and I've got moral bravery. That's virtue. God says, add that. And now look what he says in verse number six or, or at the end of uh, five and to virtue knowledge. Are you ready to learn God's word? You okay with being taught some things? Yeah, that's right. That's knowledge. And what look at it says in six and to knowledge temperance. Temperance means you don't indulge. You don't uh, you're not uh, consumed with amusement. You're not consumed with 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 anything with food. You know, some people, they just have food in front of them and all they do is just they just eat all day. They're, they're just not temperate. People have some amusement, but it don't stop with an hour. It turns into a whole month of just I'm just amused to death. God wants us to be temperate. He wants us to be temperate. And look what else we have into temperance. Patience. Woo! Who needs some patience? We all do. Calm. You're going through suffering trial. And you can keep your cool. Under all of that. And not get bitter. That's patience. You can endure some stuff. And still keep it together. That's that's a tough trait to, to grab. But God says you got faith. Let's add some of these things. And patience is one of them. And look what it says in verse number six. And the patience godliness. Godliness is basically a respect for God's laws and commands and principles. That's a godly person. Godliness is profitable. What does the Bible say? Unto all things. If you want to try to make something out of something, add godliness to it. It's profitable all the time in all things. Like we said, this isn't going to happen overnight. We're talking about gradual growth. Anybody remember when they were a baby? Nobody really does. But when a baby is born in the next day or the next week, is it running and jumping and leaping and climbing? And it's not. How did you get to where you are? You can run, you can jump, you can climb, you can leap, you can flip on the trampoline. Wow. How did that happen? Very, very gradually. It didn't happen at one month. It didn't happen at six months. It didn't happen at one year. You had to grow into that. And that's the Christian walk. And that's why it's called a Christian walk and not a Christian flight. <laughs> because you're taking steps. The Bible says, but if we walk in the light, that's first John. The Christian life is walking. It's not these big leaps and these big flights. It's a walk. The Bible says walk as children of light in Ephesians chapter five, meaning you could be a child of what? The darkness. God wants us to walk in the spirit. That's Galatians five and be controlled by the spirit, not by our flesh. But this thing is a walk. And let's see, where are we at? We're giving 
all diligence in verse number five. Look at this. Let's back up a bit. It says giving all diligence. Don't be a ho-hum Christian. A ho-hum Christian. Oh, well, whatever is, is I just go through life and nothing really matters. Oh, well, why? You know. <laughs> That's a ho-hum Christian. Don't be that. Problems occur. If you ho-hum. Giving all diligence. Do you clean your room, young ones? Parents want you to do that diligently. Do you sweep the floor? Do you set the table? Do you do your schoolwork? Do you do your yard chores? Your parents want you to do that diligently. They don't want you to be ho-hum about it. If you don't give all diligence, you're just going to remain a babe in Christ. Babes in Christ, even though they're adults, they're going to cause problems in the church. They're going to hinder the work rather than help the work. And we don't want to be ho-hum Christians. We want to be diligent. Do all the work you can do for the Lord and give it all you got. All diligence. Don't be a ho-hum. Now, this Christian walk, it's your walk. It's my walk. It's an individual walk. And too many times what we do is we compare what somebody else is doing with what we are doing. We can get so far off track because we get our eyes off of Christ. Do we get counsel? Sure. Do we look to role models? Sure. Do we have pastors and teachers and leaders? Sure we do. But your Christian walk is your walk. We all have different strengths and weaknesses, all of us, young people, middle-aged people, senior saints, we all do. We all have some type of spiritual baggage that we bring to the table after we get saved. We all do. We all have different strengths and we all have different weaknesses, but God wants us to walk. Walk in the spirit, walk as children of light and walk in the light. It's your walk. Make something of it. Second Peter. Chapter number one. Let's look at verse number. Seven. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. And these are things you like when somebody's kind to you, be kind to somebody else. All of these things as Christians, we're not under the law, right? We learned all about that in Sunday morning in, in Galatians, but we are under a new law to be like Christ. And all of these things that we're reading about, is what Jesus is. And so we're trying to walk and grow in our Christian faith to be more like Jesus. All right, look at verse number eight. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you, ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what God wants you to be? Fruitful. Bear, bear some fruit. 
You ever plant a tree? Pay attention. Do you ever plant a tree? Do you want that tree to bear something? If you plant an orange tree, what do you want to come up? Oranges. You plant an apple tree, what do you want to have to come up? Apples. You want fruit to come up. Your Christian walk. You know what God wants to come up? You know what you should want to come up? Fruit. Bear some fruit. Bear some fruit. All right, verse number nine. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see, but far off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Oh, my, my, my. If you're not growing, you're blind. You can't see. There's the current. There's an easy way to go. And you always want to go against the current. You just want to keep fighting God. You always want to you want to swim upstream. You want to keep fighting. Sometimes it's easier. All the time it's easier to just go God's way. It's always easier to do that. God's way is always the best way. Or you can just turn a blind eye and then just go your way. Or bear some fruit. You can go God's way. You know, the blindness occurs and it causes us to be filled with the lusts that this world has to offer. And you know what we stop thinking about? We stop thinking about eternity. And our mind is stuck on fulfilling the lusts of this world and our flesh. We have our eyes on man. We have our eyes on the world. And we take our eyes off of Christ. And that blindness occurs. And that's, the, that's this backsliding condition. It's the unfruitful condition where you plant that orange tree. No oranges come up. It's an orange tree, though. <laughs> oh, praise God, I'm saved. Yeah, but you're not bearing any fruit. Praise God, I trust in the Lord. Yeah, but you're so far backslidden, no fruit's coming out. Oh, sure, you've got a bunch of friends. Yeah, sure, you know all the lingo down here that the world talks about. Yeah, sure, you got some stuff going on, and you're popular, and you're making it, and blah, blah, blah. We all see that. There's success to be had here in this world. And that whole time, we could just be turning our eyes away from God. We've got no perspective of eternity. And it's just living for the here and the now. God wants us to think with an eternal perspective. He wants us to bear some fruit. He does not want us to be blind. Because if we are, we'll be filled with the lusts of this world. Look at verse number 10. Two more verses. The Bible says in verse 10, wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Christian growth doesn't save you. I have salvation. If you've trusted Jesus Christ and have put your faith in the object of his valued merit of what he did on the cross, you're saved. Growing in the Lord doesn't save you or keep you saved, but it sure does prove to others that you are saved. There's nothing worse than someone saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I trust God. 
and you look at their life and there isn't any fruit. So am I to say that they're not saved? Well, I don't know their heart, but if I were to look at their life, they couldn't sell me on that thing as hard as they argued it. Because all you have to do is look at somebody's life. How are they living? What fruit is being produced? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, but why are you so excited about huh? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, but why are you doing that so much? God wants us to grow. We're saved by faith, by God's grace, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that faith, he wants us to add some things. Add some virtue, add some knowledge, add some patience, add some brotherly kindness, add some charity. Right? We, we see it all that? Let's add them. You're going to profess Christ? How about thinking about living like a Christ one, a Christian, Christian. I'm a Christian. Everybody says they're a Christian. What does that mean? It means so many things nowadays that you'd be hard pressed to get the same answer if you ask 10 people. What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, just go on YouTube and you'll get in about 10 minutes, you'll get 100 different explanations of it. Christ one is not ashamed to add these things to their life. Instead, we're ashamed. Many, many Christians are ashamed of Jesus Christ, and they'd rather identify with the world than with the Bible. And we ought not be that way. So Christian growth doesn't save you. Um, but. It sure does prove to others that you are what you say you are. You go to the to the dentist. You walk in there. A guy says he's a dentist. And he's standing there with a, with a pair of cowboy boots. And he's got a holster and a cowboy hat. And, uh, you know, he's got a knife coming out of his shirt and all that. And he says, yeah, I'm going to work on your teeth. <laughs> with what? <laughs> that big knife and that gun and all those. You're not going to believe that guy's a dentist, are you? There's no way. Not in a million years. Because he's not walked. He, he's not identified as a dentist. You want to go in there and you want to see a guy that looks like, talks like, and smells like a dentist. You don't want some guy smelling like cow manure working on your teeth, right? Dressed like a cowboy. We identify that person as somebody else. When somebody looks at your life, can they identify you as a Christ one, as a Christ follower? They should be able to make your calling and election sure. Last verse, number 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christian growth doesn't give you salvation, but it does give you rewards. Peter is not saying here you'll enter heaven by growing, you can't enter heaven by Christian growth. You need to be a saved, born again, child of God in order to get to heaven. But what he is saying is you will receive rewards. You will, by the way you live your life, lay up treasures in heaven. A lot of people have earthly treasures. We all do. But Christian growth will not give you salvation. It will give you rewards. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life 
whereunto thou art called, and hath professed a good profession before many witnesses. Last verse, the Bible says, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is Lord. He is the Savior. He has prepared a place for you. However, you can't get there by living a good life, a virtuous life, a patient life, a brotherly kindness life. You can't get there by living a godly life. You can't get there by taking all the principles of how to live and looking at how the Bible says a Christian should live and get there by living those principles. None of that will give you entrance into the kingdom. Because like we talked about in the beginning, we have a problem. Its problem is called sin. We must have our sins paid for. We have to be forgiven of our sins. The only way we can do that is not by spending our life learning about Jesus and trying to live like Jesus. That won't do it because we will always fall short. You must recognize that you are a sinner. And because of that, you cannot enter into God's kingdom. You cannot enter into heaven because you have sinned. And the Bible says we have all sinned. But my parents, they're good Christian people. They won't get you in. But my church, it's a good church. Yeah, but your church won't get you in. Yeah, but I haven't stolen anything. And all my friends, I know they've stolen something. I'm better than them. And I know that God will let me in because I've done more good than bad. That won't get you in. Living a good life won't get you to heaven. You must realize that your life isn't good enough. No matter how hard you try to be good. People want to be good for goodness sake. Well, what does that mean? You can't be good enough. But God said, I'm going to send my son to pay for your sin and your sin your sin and the sins of the whole world and whosoever would believe in me whosoever would trust in me and what I did on the cross for you then God says I will grant you everlasting life oh on the merit of what I did nope on the merit of my son Jesus Christ who paid the sin debt for all of us the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you haven't done that, salvation is simple. Calling on the Lord, realizing, recognizing, admitting you're a sinner. Because of your sin, you're separated from God. You repent of what you've been trusting in and you put your full faith and trust in the merit of the Lord Jesus Christ. God says he'll save your soul. By faith, you trust him. And if you've done that, now you can add these things that we talked about this evening. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.